Welcome to the Friends of a Feather podcast, a place where you will feel encouraged by hearing God's stories from my friends that I share with you. Whether you're listening on your commute to work, folding the laundry, or needing a boost of encouragement after a full day, I want for you to feel seen by God, to be encouraged in your daily life, and be spurred on to honor Him with the gifts and talents that He has given you. This is episode 106 with my guest, Rachel Shell. We are going to get right to our conversation, but before we do, I want to invite you local Memphis people out there to come to a neat event that's coming up on November 2nd. If you follow me on Instagram, you can tell how much I have worn my mustard yellow vest lately. Like, I think I wore it, I'm wearing it right now, I think I wore it three times this week. But that's okay. I'm seeing different people every day, right? It's fine. Because fall is in the air, the crisp mornings, you see pumpkins everywhere. I'm so glad that Memphis weather has turned out to be a little bit cooler. It's been great. But you know what the best thing that I love about fall? I mean, besides wearing my vest three times in a week, besides that and the fun fall clothes, I love getting outside, going to art and craft shows, finding some really good, great deals for Christmas. I know y'all, we're talking about Christmas, but it is October, the middle of October. So I guess it's time, huh? I want to invite you to Junebug Designs Holiday Extravaganza. And I get to be there. I'm super excited to partner with Megan with Junebug Designs. So come by the Friends of a Feather podcast booth. I would love to hug your neck and talk to you. It is gonna be at Arlington Abbey in Arlington, Tennessee from nine to four on November 2nd. Also, we are going to be selling the Friends of a Feather podcast, Hope Bird. The designer of this bird, my friend Stacy, gave one to me a few years back when we were walking through infertility. And it is one of the most meaningful gifts I have ever received. So if you are local, come on by to the June Bug Designs Holiday Extravaganza and grab a Hope Bird for a friend. See you there. Okay, well, let's get to this conversation today with my friend, Rachel Shelb. Rachel shares her story with us, a story of grief a few years back when she lost her brother, but also the joy that she has had recently of speaking and writing and talking to others about biblical hospitality. She has a new podcast called Love Well on Purpose, and I cannot wait to introduce you to my friend, Rachel. Okay, here's our conversation. Well, welcome to the podcast, Rachel. Thank you. It's good to be here. I am so excited that you're here, and I'm excited that we know each other in real life. I know. I know. We go kind of way back. Yeah, we go back to high school um, a long time ago when you lived in Memphis, and then we got to meet last year in person after all those years at the Story and Soul Weekend, so great to see you in person, and then we are, of course, online friends for sure. Yes, for sure. Yay. Okay, so let's start out. I want you to introduce yourself, tell my listeners who you are, uh, your family, a little bit about your family, where you live, which is super exciting, and um, what you're passionate about. So 
my name is Rachel. Obviously, I'm married to um, Andy. We've been married. We just celebrated 11 years. Um, so we've been together for 12 years. We met while he was up in Memphis in seminary. Uh, I'm four years younger than him. So I was finishing college while he was finishing seminary. Um, and God totally orchestrated all of that. Um, and he is now a children's pastor in Tampa, Florida. We thought we would do middle school ministry for like forever, but God changed our heart on that. So we did middle school ministry for about 10 years. And then God shifted that to children's ministry, which he is loving and is perfect for. And we have two small children. We have my son is seven and my daughter is about to be three in a couple of months. So, um, you're busy. Yeah, they, all of I know all of that keeps me so busy, but what I'm really passionate about is I'm passionate about biblical hospitality, um, and just encouraging women and encouraging them to love well on purpose and what that looks like and how easy that can be for them. I love it. And I love, I say exciting place to live because how far are you from Disney world? I mean, let's, let's get real here. <laughs> so I'm an hour and 20 minutes from Disney and I'm about 50 minutes from the beach. So either direction, I'm basically living my best life. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> do you go, do you go to Disney a lot? Do you have passes? We're pass holders currently. Okay. So yeah. Yes. Yeah. Cause you're so close. Yeah. My son was out of school on Monday. And so I just took the two kids and we went for a couple hours. So Oh my yeah. goodness. That's amazing. Yeah. I love it. It's probably like though, like if you work, like I remember a friend of mine worked at Baskin Robbins and it's like, Oh my gosh, you would eat all the ice cream. It would be so good. And she's like, Neh. you know, like it's right there. You're like, well, it's not, yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's just, that's yeah. Yeah. So it's one of those things. My husband is much more of a Disney person than I am. And so Andy can go like every, every week and be thrilled. And I'm like, I'm good. I've seen, I've seen a lot. So, but the kids <laughs> love it. So it works. Yeah. 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 That's great. What a good day trip. Oh my word. Um, okay. And I have to talk a little bit about Andy with children's ministry because last year when I was posting about VBS, because vacation mm -hmm. Bible school was coming up here in Memphis and everybody had kind of the same theme called in the wild. And I was yeah. posting about it and I found like these gifts on Insta stories. And I was like, these are amazing. You were like, my husband designed those. I'm like, yeah. what? <laughs> yeah. So he's a total, total geek and nerd and I love it. I don't understand any of it, but I think it's so fun. So yeah, he, he just does stuff like that, like for fun at night, like no big deal. He just gets something in his head and just whips it out. I love it so much like that. Yeah. I'm like, I don't even know where to start. Like, I don't even know. I don't even know anybody. Yeah, now I know somebody that created for Facebook. Like, I mean, yeah. What? Animal faces or whatever. To, it's crazy. That's yeah. awesome. Well, anyway, he's definitely, I mean, for, to be a kid's minister, I mean, that is like a bag full of tricks in his back pocket. Oh, like, yeah. look what I can do, you know? <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So let's dive in. Let's go back a little bit to your childhood. Y'all grew up in Memphis. Mm -hmm. um, tell me a little bit about growing up and memories that you had. I know that you had a huge loss. You lost your brother six years ago Yeah. and it was I mean, losing anybody close to you, you know, I've lost grandparents, but I've yeah. never lost someone as close as a sibling or um, a parent. So tell me growing up, when you think about your brother, what are those memories that you think about? So my home life was a little bit um, just tricky. Um, and so he responded to things differently than I did. And so we weren't um, super close growing up. And so I remember, I mean, he was incredible. First of all, he was a genius. I would, 
I would put money on that. He was incredibly smart. Um, taught himself calculus just for fun. Uh, who does that? I don't know, but, um, <laughs> he was an amazing artist. He probably, uh, I don't know that he thought that about himself, but he really was. And one of the first things I did when he passed away was I got a hold of his sketchbooks and I, um, snagged some for myself. Uh, and so I have some of his art up in, um, each of the kids rooms and then as well as in my house, um, just because he was fantastic at it. And he was actually, um, combat medic, uh, Green Beret. And that was actually how he passed away was in Afghanistan. And so, but to learn, um, everything he needed to know for medical school and special forces and doing all that, he would draw it all, um, like textbook quality drawings of the anatomy. Um, that's how he learned. It was crazy. Um, it's just so amazing the talent that he had there. Um, but then I, I can't like, stop there. He also was just full of life. Like it, he was a hard worker, but he worked hard to play hard. And so he, uh, always went every, every year he and his buddies would go on a snowboarding trip and was a great snowboarder, skateboarded. Um, I don't know. He passed away when he was 27, uh, about to be 28 but he had been skateboarding since he was 12. So, I mean, he was still doing that. Um, tore his ACL, scraped himself up really good quite a few times, but, um, was a huge just skateboarder, snowboarder, anything that was an adventure, anything that, um, just kind of pushed the limits <laughs> in all areas. That was, that was him. Um, and so when I think about like losing him, that's, we weren't super close. I admired him more than he ever knew. Um, I'm much more reserved and much more, um, play by the rules and think about the consequences and he never did. But when I think about the loss, one of the biggest things is as we were entering adulthood and, and adults and kind of figuring out our own lives, we were able to, we were starting to become really close and I could, I knew that that was going to happen. And so it was, that was really where I grieved that loss probably the most. And then my son was six months old when he passed away. So, um, my son doesn't have any remember, like any memories of meeting him. Um, they did meet, but he doesn't know any of that. He just knows from pictures and he would have been a fantastic uncle. I mean, just talking about pushing boundaries and doing all this fun stuff, he would have taken them and I wouldn't have wanted to hear anything about it. (laughs) They would have had the best time. um, Right. Yeah. So that's where that loss is really um, just, you know, grief is tricky Mm -hmm. and it comes in weird places and it's not, it's not cut and dried and it's not um, real straightforward and it doesn't end. It just keeps Mm -hmm. ebbing and flowing. And I think that's probably been the, the toughest part of it. Mm-hmm. And what would you say to somebody that's maybe walking through grief? Maybe they've lost a sibling or lost a parent or even a grandparent or someone close to them. What was the best thing that you did walking through that or as you continue to walk through that? I think, um, I think it's two parts is one have zero expectations. Um, a lot of people have expectations of what grief should be like or how they should respond in grief. Um, and I know something my mom has said is that, um, you know, she didn't cry much at the beginning, but as the years have gone on, she cries much more at the important dates and those type of things. And, um, and that's been weird because she feels like it should be the other way, but grief doesn't play by any rules. And so have zero expectations for it. Um, and then to talk about that person, talk about, you know, whether it's a miscarriage, whether it's a grandparent, anywhere in between, talk about it. Um, 
it's amazing the connections that you can make with people um, when you talk about that loss. And um, the enemy wants grief to be really isolating. And he wants us to just kind of be in ourselves and withdraw in. Um, and so you can't expect that grief is going to look a certain way. And you can't just not talk about that person that that life existed and it shaped you. And that's part of your story now. And you have to share it. You have mm -hmm. to talk about it. That's good. And do you ever feel yourself writing like through your writing? Does that help you process the grief or do you feel like that's something that talking is better for you? It kind of, it kind of depends on my mood. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like writing while I love writing, um, speaking is probably more of a passion of mine and it's something that I, um, enjoy more, um, which is ironic cause I'm an introvert with social anxiety. So talking in general is a little bit of a, of a stretch for me, but, <laughs> yeah. um, but I do love it. And so I think yeah. that sometimes those nuances of memories is hard to convey in mm. words. Um, especially in grief, because you don't want it to be like a downer, you know? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But you don't want to just gloss over everything either and make it be like, mm. oh, yeah, I remember all these great times. And, you yeah, know, yeah, sure. here yeah. And leave it at that. And so I think sometimes writing, um, I, I think there's importance to writing it out. I think that there's some um, longstanding impact that can come from writing about your grief and writing from those memories and doing those things, especially as I think about my kids, I want them to be able to go back and read about him and, and have that tangible, like something to hold and read about him. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think also just sharing about conversations and, you know, especially with my, with my son is, um, when he loves to draw and he does, he loves drawing is to talk about like, Oh, you know, uncle Steve -O used to draw too. And he was really good at it. And you know, that, that those paintings and or those drawings in our house, like uncle Steve -O drew those and talk about Memorial day in response to him, you know, connecting mm. those. Yeah. I think this weaves that whole, um, that person into every fiber of your life. And I think that's really important. That's great. That's good. But we're going to kind of shift gears talking about biblical hospitality. Yeah. I know that one of your friends, one of your friends from high school posted that she remembers you, y'all were having a slumber party or some kind of event for church and you would get up and make every, you were getting up and making everybody breakfast. And I'm like, I am so impressed with Rachel right now because number one, it's on a youth thing and we're all in high school. And what does a high schooler want to do? Sleep. And you're up making breakfast for everybody. So is that something that stemmed? Did you see stuff from your childhood and be like, you know what? I really loved that. Or did that come with nurturing? A lot of my impact of hospitality came from outside sources, um, outside of my family. Um, and to reference the breakfast thing. So that was just a couple of my friends that we would spend the night and I am a freakishly early morning person. Um, I, it's the worst though in high school. Cause like you said, everyone wants to sleep in and like, yeah. I just have You're this like internal alarm clock that won't snooze. Wow. And so, and so I would wake up and everyone else in the house was like mm. fast asleep. And I didn't want to turn on the TV cause I didn't want it to be too loud and wake people up. And so I was like, Ugh. so I'd sit around and kind of like, and this was before cell phones. So like, I couldn't uh -huh. even just like scroll for a while, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so I'd like sit around and kind of like, okay. And then finally when I was like, I can't take it anymore, I would go and it started just one time. And then it kind of became a tradition of I would rifle around in their fridge the first time. And then um, 
machine kind of figured out to like just kind of stock the fridge if I was coming over yeah. um but I found you know like pancake mix or cinnamon rolls and some eggs and some bacon and so I started cooking so they would wake up to the smell of bacon wow um and so yeah so I would fix a full breakfast for for us um that is I would so neat night. yeah but it started that I don't that kind of like just loving well um started the clearest picture I have, I mean, I have so many pictures. Um, when you think about it and when you understand the biblical hospitality, you see that in so many people throughout your life and your story. Um, but one of the clearest ones was probably, um, my 11th, 12th grade teacher, Sunday school teacher, Miss Paula. Um, she was amazing, um, just in general, but she kind of saw, um, a girl who just needed an outlet and a place to talk. And um, she started by kind of just taking me um, out for coffee or for lunch and just letting me talk and would let me talk about boys and let me talk about friends and let me talk about all those things and always pointed me back to scripture and always pointed me to truth. Um, but just really welcomed me in. And then she invited me into her, um, into her family in the sense that I became her dog sitter. So I got to watch her precious little dog, which was really nice. Um, it was, it was a safe haven for me to go over there. And so that was a really, um, sweet thing, uh, for me to get to do and to be invited in and trusted with her home and her beloved dog while they were on vacation. Um, I don't know a whole lot of high schoolers who, you know, like you would just trust them to be gone, like in, they're gone, you're in the house for a week. Yeah. Know, but but she did. And that's just a way that she really loved me well. Uh, and then she taught me some really practical things too, like how to decorate a table for like a banquet and how to do tablescapes and how to properly tie like ribbons so that it was a perfect bow every time. And really like just funny things, but really yeah. practical when like in life. And, um, and so just people like that, that I had who really just, um, took me under their wing and whether it was a brief time or whether it was, you know, several years of just really showing me what it meant to walk alongside someone and just love them with intentionality for the purpose of pointing them to Jesus. Um, and that was really, that was really huge for me. Mm, I love that because that's taking a whole, I mean, that's taking discipleship and the Titus two woman and biblical hospitality. I mean, that is just combining all of that, you know, and yeah. pouring into you. That's, that's huge. That's huge. And that was back in, I mean, what would we say? The late nineties, early two thousands, early two thousands, yeah. early two thousands. And when, you know, discipleship or hospitality wasn't the buzzword, you know, wasn't, no, yeah. wasn't, it wasn't like the cool thing to talk about right no, now. No, not at all. You know, at that point, <laughs> I, mean, that, I don't know that I heard the word hospitality for probably another six or seven years after yeah. that. Yeah. But I, I mean, I read it in scripture, but it didn't, it wasn't until later on that I started like going, okay, there's biblical man, biblical hospitality. It's a mandate. Oh, I've seen that modeled in my whole life by mm -hmm. this person and this person, and this person. And that's when it all clicked with me. And I was like, Oh, I get it now. And yeah. it's not as hard and scary because the word hospitality just seems really scary. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it seems intimidating and it seems, you know, I think especially, you know, Ren, for you and I growing up in the South, like we had these pictures of this, um, precious Southern women who are just real good at throwing a party and real good at decorating a table and real good at all the Southern living stuff. Yes, yeah. And I love that. 
but not everyone's good with that. And like some of us prefer Chinette to China. And, yes, <laughs> that'll preach, girl. Hashtag. It's easy to look at those women and hold them up as I was kind of the picture to me of what I thought hospitality was for a long time was really like formal, proper, and I'm not, I'm not that way. And so it was really great when I started piecing that together and realizing like, no, it's a mandate for everyone, not just for some. Mm. Um, And I could keep, I mean, I could talk forever on this and the fact that it's not a spiritual gift. That's another thing that people like to talk about. That hospitality is just not my gift. Um, and that's not scriptural, um, at all. It's a mandate for everyone to show hospitality. And so, um, we don't get to use that as a, you know, oh, well that's their gifting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and tell us how can it look, how can hospitality, biblical hospitality look in 2019, 2020? How can it look for us that have young kids? How can it look for us that are, um, maybe have school age kids? How can it look for us that don't have kids as, as, as single women? How can it look for us in where we are right now? Yeah, that's a great question. So I think, um, the key to think about is that it's loving well on purpose. Um, so when you think about that, there's intentionality involved in that. There's making sure that the things you're doing um, matter. And, and the first step to that is to think about what you need. Um, so for me, something that I saw when I moved to Tampa was uh, I quickly met a girl um, and she does potluck playdates, um, especially at the time her kids were a little bit younger and now they're in school, but um, she would do potluck playdates. And that stemmed out of the fact that she needed friends. And so she started offering a host a play date and um, she had a big backyard, perfect spot for it. Um, and she would provide chicken salad croissants for the moms and chicken nuggets for the kids. And then the rest of us would bring the juice boxes or the fruit salad or the chips or the whatever. And it was potluck play date. And it was this time to this time. And you come when you can, you leave when you have to, no big deal. Um, and that was, that was what she did out of necessity to meet friends But then it became a ministry where she was loving other people well through that, through a play date, right? That's an easy way with small children to think about that when you're intentional. um, Because for me, play date, it's kind of, kind of makes me want to break out in hives. Yeah. Just, you know, like, (laughs) especially some of us are not kid people. Right. Um, I know my husband's a children's pastor, but I'm just not a kid person. So Yeah. yeah. To think of bringing in like, you know, six little small children in my house. Like I'm not worried about things getting broken. It's just a lot. It's a lot. And so, but when I think of it as loving well, suddenly I'm okay with it. Mm. Suddenly I'm okay with loving well when it's, I can see a purpose to having six or seven small little two-year-olds running around like crazy people. Right. Um, hospitality is biblical hospitality is, um, texting a friend and saying, Hey, let's hang out. And then setting an actual date to do that. Um, we all have those fringe friends, right? It doesn't matter what age of life you're in, what, what status, what gender, what anything. Um, we all have fringe friends. We have those people that we have passed in the hallways at school or at church or wherever. And we're like, Hey, how are you? We should hang out sometime. 
and we haven't hung out with them in the six months that we've been saying that. Yeah. <laughs> and those are fringe friends, right? We see them regularly, but we don't know them at all. They're still technically strangers. And the Greek word for hospitality is philoxenia, which means a love for strangers. And so strangers can have familiar faces. They can be people that we recognize a whole lot, but we don't know their story. Um, and so when we're loving well on purpose, you're wanting to get to know their story, to know who they are, to know more about them, rather than they look just as frazzled as me at school drop-off, right? Like that's a good starting point, but you need more than that. And so the next step is rather than saying, hey, how are you? Or we should get together is pulling out your planner pulling out your calendar and saying, I have these three dates available, which one works for you and keep going until you find one. Even if it's six weeks down the road, it's worth it. Um, and that's how, you know, that's how hospitality is shown is reaching out to those fringe friends, being intentional with our actions. Um, when we know someone is grieving, when we know someone is having a rough day or a rough week for whatever reason is calling them up and saying, Hey, I know that it's been a rough week. I'm bringing you dinner tonight. Not can I bring you dinner, not what do you need, because all of us are self-sufficient 2019 women who we're good, we're fine, we're all right, we're hanging in there. No, we're not. We need need people. And so you say, hey, I'm bringing pizzas by because you've had a long week and I love you. And Mm -hmm. it's just, it's being intentional like that. It's it's being intentional with neighbors. Um, you know, I have sweet neighbors that, uh, actually they just prayed to receive Christ this past week. Um, it's been really amazing. Um, but we've been pouring into them for nine months plus of just being intentional of going intentionally walking by their house multiple times a week, hanging out with them, playing with them. Um, for that sake of being intentional, of loving them well. And that's the thing that made a difference for them and kind of stuck out to them because Mm -hmm. other neighbors weren't doing that. Um, And that doesn't matter if we have kids or not, right? Like those are things that every single person can do, whether you live in an apartment, whether you live in dorms, whether you live in a retirement home or whether you're in like suburbia, it doesn't matter. And that's the beautiful thing with hospitality is it, it crosses all those barriers. Mm. Well, I love to see how passionate you are about it and to share it with us because a lot of us are like, we don't really know what to do. We know that it's a mandate. We know that it is a command, but then it's like, we need somebody to be like, Hey, would you, have you thought about that? And you're like, yeah, like last year I had Bailey Hurley on the podcast and she mentioned something similar to what you're saying about neighbors and, um, and, and doing dinner club or dinner night or whatever meeting. And I was like, these people that we still, just like you said, we've been saying for six months, for years, (laughs) actually, we need to get together. We need to get, and then we didn't do anything about it. And then recently we did last February and then we can, and then this summer we dropped the ball and the husbands were like, wait, when are we going to get together? And I was like, okay, that, I love that. matters. It matters. It really it does. does. It matters. So I love that you're so passionate about this and giving us great ideas. Another way you give us great ideas. Yes. On Instagram and yes, on your website, but through this new venture, you have started a podcast. Yes. So tell us a little bit about it. I love it. I love you in it. And I think that it's incredible. So tell us a little bit, bit about it. Thanks. Um, okay. So the love well on purpose podcast, um, it's five minutes. It launches every Friday as a new episode. Um, and you can find it anywhere. 
um, you know, all the, all the places I told you earlier, I'm not super techie, but all the places you can find it. Um, but you can listen and every Friday I'm giving you, um, just five minutes of a different way to think about hospitality, a different avenue to take that down. Um, and I try to end each one with a challenge of something that you can do. Hopefully you're listening to that on Friday or over the weekend, and then you have all week to carry that out and to put that challenge in motion, to put feet to those, to those thoughts and those feelings of like, oh yeah, I should do that. And to actually make that happen. Um, and so it's been really fun. It's, it's funny. My calendar has actually um, started to fill up because I have some friends that have listened to it and they've been telling me for a long time, like, oh, we should get together. Um, and now they've like realized like, Hey, let's do this. And they're putting that's it awesome. on the calendar. So that's been really fun to watch that. Um, that just kind of take off in really neat ways. And then I'm hoping in the next um, few months, uh, once I kind of get my feet on the ground with this really and, and comfortable, because again, technology, um, but I'm hoping to start doing some bonus episodes every now and then with, um, that'll be a little bit longer of interviewing some people and, and hearing from them too, because I don't want it to just be my voice. I um, am super passionate about this, but there's also a lot of great people that are um, equally as passionate and have great ideas. And I think we are just better together with that. So yeah. I'm excited for that next step in the next That's few that's great. Well, I love the tips that you do share. Tell us your three best hospitality tips. <sighs> okay. <laughs> There's so many. Um, one, be outside. Um, be outside on your driveway. Um, for instance, for Halloween, um, don't wait at your door to pass out candy. Be on your driveway. Just meet people there. Um, don't just go straight into your garage when you get home. Be on your driveway meet your neighbors that way. You, it's amazing how many people you would encounter. Turquoise Table, um, Kristen Shell, that whole movement um, talks about that. Be on your driveway. Um, the it's next thing fun. is be intentional with French friends. Identify them, contact them, make a plan to hang out with them. Um, and then the third thing is pace yourself. <laughs> Mm. it's really easy to dive headfirst in and be like, Oh, I want to do all the things. And then you're just wiped out and you're yeah. just like, oh, that was so much pace yourself. You don't have to be the best at hospitality tomorrow. Mm. Pace yourself and um, just see where God moves you and the opportunities that he creates, but just be intentional with that and it all work. Mm. And I want to go back before we go to the eat, read, love segment, but I want to go back. What encouraged you to start the podcast when you were thinking about hospitality, when you're writing about it, when you're talking about it on Instagram, what kind of behooved you to start a podcast? First of all, I love the word behoove. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I used to love it. I'm not sure why. <laughs> I love it. Um, so two parts. Um, one, I do love speaking more than I love writing because there's not comma and um, punctuation rules mm. and, you know, all that yes. involved in speaking. So, <laughs> um, so I like that. I like the fact that in a podcast, I'm getting to speak. I like the fact that it's accessible when you're in your car or in your places and you have five minutes and it's really practical with that. Um, but ultimately the real reason why I started it is because my husband kept telling me that I should. <laughs> um, and he's a big podcast person. I listen to, um, episodes. I'm not like a faithful, uh, like 
podcast person where I'm like, right. oh, I have these five that I listen to every week, no matter what. I'm like a, oh, that topic sounds really great. Or, oh, I really like that person. I want to hear what they have to say. Kind of popcorn it. Mm-hmm. But he listens to, I don't even know how many podcasts a week. And so he was like, you should really do this. You'd be onto something here. Um, mm. And he's never steered me wrong yet when it comes to technology. So here I am. There you go. I love it. I wanted to ask that before we jumped in. Well, yeah. I love your passion about it. And I am looking forward to more from you on your podcast. And it is called Love Well on Purpose. Yes. Okay, great. Okay, let's jump in. Eat, read, love. I have not even looked at my notes. I don't even know if we covered all. I, th- I think we were covering what we what we wanted to cover. So tell me what you're eating, reading, or or and loving. Okay, so eating, um, <laughs> it's not anything like exciting, but I'm obsessed with it currently. Okay. Um, it's just carrot sticks and then roasted garlic hummus. Oh, I'm like, I've had hummus. I've never had roasted garlic though. It's good. good. Okay. It's good stuff. Okay. Um, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. And my kids don't want to eat it. So it's like the one safe thing that I can eat that I don't have to share. No sharing. <laughs> and I recently saw that you are going gluten free. Is that right? No, 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 no. Bring me all the gluten. Okay. I am okay. <laughs> vegetarian ish mostly. Oh. Um, and just that's for personal. I'm not a big meat person. So okay, no okay. I have to shove it down my throat if I don't okay. really like it. Okay, um, gotcha. but I am trying to go dairy free. Dairy free. Okay, I knew something yeah. free. I've had I've had lots of inflammation problems since I was in high school, so I'm hoping okay. to okay. knock that help. out without the dairy. But okay, have you I'm found a cheese yet? I know you're looking for a cheese. I did. Think? I found a cheese. It's the okay. Daya brand. I think that's it. D D A I Y A. It okay. melts fine. It works well. Like when you're melting it on top of something else, like okay. you know, tacos or um pizza or whatever. So perfect. Okay, good. Okay. I knew you're on the search for something. Okay. Tell me what you're reading. Um, okay. So I, (laughs) I could be really like professional and make something up, but if I'm being perfectly honest, I don't have tons of time to read right now in my life. It's all good. Um, And so the thing that I have been reading consistently every day is, um, the nuts bedtime at the nut house with my daughter. I don't know if you know that children's I book. I have never heard of it. It sounds it is, so cute. It's the greatest little children's book. It's um, <laughs> called Bedtime at the Nut House, and it's by Eric Litwin. Okay. And um, it's it's just hilarious, and it's really fun, and awesome. Big Mama Nut gets to be really loud, and the kids love it, and they're singing and howling and giggling and all sorts of fun stuff. So Love it. Okay. It. There That's you what go. That's what you're reading. I love it so much. Okay. <laughs> what are you loving? Um... I am loving this adventure that God has me on right now of doing podcasts and speaking and writing and doing all that stuff. It is, um, it is so fun. It has been a dream of mine for probably about 10 years. And so it's really fun to watch how God is, um, finally opening some doors and letting me pursue this beyond just having that dream. He's just letting that dream, um, kind of take off. So that's really fun. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it, Ren. It's been so great. And um, tell us where we can find you online. Okay. You can find me at rachelshelp.com. I know my last name is weird. It's S-C-H-E-L-B. Um, so rachelshelp.com. You can find me at Instagram at rachelshelp. Um, Facebook. I'm not on it as much, but I am on there. Um, and that would be official Rachel Shelb. Uh, cause Rachel Shell was already taken. Um, and yeah. And then you can find the love well on purpose podcast, all the places. 
Good deal. Awesome. Well, thanks for giving me some minutes today and I appreciate it. And we'll see you on the Instagram. (laughs) All right. Sounds good. Okay. I love hearing Rachel's story and I love hearing what she tells us about hospitality and that it doesn't have to be an elaborate thing. I hope you grabbed a couple of tips from her from our episode today. I do want to say that all of the links that we talked about today, her podcast, her website, her Instagram, and what she's eating and reading and loving will be in the show notes that I email out every Tuesday. So if you want those show notes, you can go to my webpage today at renrobbins.com slash podcast slash 106. Or you can just jump on my email list and get those show notes emailed to you every Tuesday. It is my joy and privilege to bring you these amazing stories each week. If this podcast has been helpful for you, I hope you'll leave a review. Thanks to Meg's Mac 423 who says, Listening to the Friends of a Feather podcast is a highlight of my week. Ren and her guests bring a big dose of Jesus and a whole lot of inspiration. I always feel uplifted after listening. Well, thank you so much. That is exactly what the podcast is here for. I am so grateful for all of you, and thank you for that review. Podcast reviews matter so much so that more women can hear and be encouraged. Okay, so I want to leave you with a few words that Rachel shared with us today that I just loved in talking about biblical hospitality and really some practical tips of what we can do. She said, number one, be outside. Number two, be intentional. And number three, pace yourself. I am all about the practical, so I loved that. Okay, that's going to do it for this episode today. As always, you can find me at wrenrobbins.com, on Facebook and Instagram at Friends of a Feather Podcast. And remember, we're all friends of a feather, so let's stick together. Have a great week, and I'll see you next time. Bye, friends.